Hello, and welcome to the Female Founder Friday podcast with me, Lindsay White. I'm passionate about helping female entrepreneurs be great leaders, build high-performing teams, and create inspiring workplace cultures through innovative talent programs and practices. Because when people feel like they belong at work, they deliver their very best and businesses thrive. The Female Founder Friday podcast is all about connecting with the most incredible female entrepreneurs to talk about their journey to creating their own business, the mistakes they've made along the way, and how they view their own leadership. And I'm challenging all of my guests this season to take my leadership style quiz, and during each episode, we'll be digging into their leadership style and how it impacts the way they lead in their life and their business. And if you're interested in learning more about your leadership style and want some of my top tips to help you lead more effectively, you can take the quiz right now. Just check out the show notes or head over to highvoltageleadership.ca and click on the button at the top of the page that says, take the quiz. Then you can share your results, connect with my guests and join the conversation on Instagram by following me at highvoltleadership. Hey everyone, I have a great guest today who has a really cool story. Um, I have with me uh, Jackie Ducci, and this individual has, and I can't wait to get into this, she really struggled uh, with severe social anxiety as a child, and that actually really propelled her to start the most incredible organization, the Human Animal Alliance. And I, I love the mission here, which is, you know, there's sort of three parts, bringing people and animals together, keeping them together, and then advocating for that human animal bond. And, um, you know, as a pet parent of five, for real, there's five pets in this house. I really love this. And I, and I, I love the story um, that Jackie's going to tell us today. So Welcome to the Female Founder Friday podcast. Glad to have you. Hi, Lindsay. Thank you so much. It's an honor to be here. <laughs> yeah. So as I was reading on your website, this letter from the founder, and where you talk about some of this, you know, deeply personal experiences that you had that have brought you here today, I would love to talk, you know, if you would tell us about that journey to being a female founder. Oh, thank you so much. Yeah, it starts from way back in childhood, I guess, in a way. Um, like you mentioned, I had a really hard time in school when I was young. Um, I was very introverted, had some social anxiety. And unfortunately for me, I was in these schools, they were private schools that really, in my opinion, overvalued how much people would talk. Right. Like class participation was part of your grade and mm. they just constantly hounded me about, oh, you're not talking enough in class. And I just remember sitting there like, my parents are paying you to teach me. Like, I don't understand, you know, why I'm supposed to be talking so much or listening to my classmates. It just, it was not my learning style. And I really was like fish out of water. And this just went on for years and years and years. And like, I was told by one administrator in the sixth grade, that I would never amount to anything in life oh. verbatim um, because I was too quiet. And that was just like one of those moments where there's certain things that happen in your life that you just like remember and they really affect you. And as a kid, that really, really affected me. And I spent a lot of years feeling like I was just not enough. Um, but through all of this, I was always a huge animal person. My family had dogs and cats. I've always been an avid rider. I had horses and to this day, I still compete very actively. Um, so anyway, I would, you know, go to school and just be feeling totally beat down, but then I would leave and then go to the barn and be around the horses. And it was 
in that environment with the horses that I felt like just alive again, like they would build me back up after, you know, the days were so rough. And so I really credit, you know, those horses to giving me self-confidence and teaching me what healthy relationships looked like and just so many amazing things they did for me. So long story short is that now all these years later, it's a big part of the reason why I started this organization, because I know firsthand how amazing animals are and how they can truly change our lives. And I just want other people to experience the same. So that's, that's really what brought me here. I, I love it. And so a wholehearted yes, as someone who has always had uh, pets in their life and, uh, you know, my, my, like truly my pets have seen me through moments, you know, just like in your childhood, you know, I had a cat through divorce right? Mm-hmm. And, <laughs> we, mm-hmm. I, you know, they give us just incredibly unconditional love. They give us space to be mm-hmm. who we are. They give us space to feel what we need to feel. There's no judgment. I'm tearing up like, oh my God, <laughs> I know like, this is what they do to our heart. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, yep. so I, I really, what an incredible opportunity, um, to that your parents gave you to find yourself uh, through the relationship with the animals in your life. Yeah. Thank you. I feel very fortunate and, uh, I really don't know where it would have been without that. Cause they gave me something that, you know, no humans really did yeah. or could. So, um, and I hear that story a lot, like, yeah. you know, not my story, but you know, different versions of the same kind of thing from people where, you know, they'll talk about their animals, getting them through something really difficult at any point in life. So I just, I think it's a really common thing, but it's funny that we don't, necessarily like talk about it all the time, you know, truly. And I also want to say, you know, as someone who is on the extroverted side of the spectrum and it is Mm -hmm. a spectrum, right? Like you're not an introvert or an extrovert. You're, you're very shades of shades of gray, right? Mm -hmm. I, I have always been on the extroverted side, but I have some really significant introverts in my life. And introverts that I care very deeply about. And um, they do, I, I I have come to understand that a lot of the message that introverts get is you need to be more extroverted. Yes, constantly. Constantly. Yeah. And the ironic part is, as an extrovert, I have all, like every report card from my childhood says, Lindsay talks too much. <laughs> She's too loud. <laughs> Like it's so, to me, it's so interesting is that we get these opposing messages and then it's, well, yes. what am I supposed to be? And that right. is so conflicting for a child. So I can yeah. only imagine how difficult and to be graded your performance on that, that you're not extroverted enough. Wow. Yeah. You, you know, when I realized it was like sort of bullshit was when yeah. I went on to college and it was a bigger school and it was just kind of like, it was my learning style. It was like, you can sit there and listen and then be a deep thinker. Like I was always a great writer and like, give me time to process something and I will have the best insights, but don't put me on the spot in a group of people. You know what I mean? Like it was just different. And so I went to college and they were actually grading papers blind like you would use your student id number instead of your name so there was no prejudice from the teacher thinking oh this person talks a lot so they must be smarter like there was none of that and it was amazing because all of a sudden like guess whose grades and papers were like top of the class 
And so I thought, you know what, this whole time, this has been just a mismatch. You know, if you're in the wrong environment, you're going to feel like totally disconnected. And, you know, it just took me a while to figure that out and that's okay. So just interesting. Yeah, it is. And I think it's when you actually find that right, it can be a teacher, it can be a course, it can be an experience. When you find that place where you feel like you fit, then you really get to show what you're made of, what you've got, right? Like, mm -hmm. I think that's what's really significant is finding that space, whatever that space yes. is. A hundred percent. Yeah. People can get it all different ways. Um, but yeah, that's what was so cool about the horses was that I just remember like, they're very intuitive and they yeah. seem to always kind of respond to us in ways that we need them to. Like, you know what I mean? Like they were just very good with me. And I remember forming these partnerships with them and feeling like as a young kid, you know, wow, I can make this amazing creature, like do these things with me and they like me. And it was just such a confidence boost as a kid. You know, I hear that a lot from people that have kids with um, all kinds of issues. They can be physical or mental. Um, but I just, I've always been such a believer in the power that horses have truly above all to, to really make our lives better. It's pretty amazing. Yeah, it is. And I think, you know, for me, I'm not, I'm, I've not spent a ton of time around a horse, per, uh, around horses, but I have spent some. And I think first and foremost for me is, you know, their, their physical presence. I mean, horses are big, mm -hmm. their physical presence, but they don't say a word. And so right. like that to me is what makes them really powerful. I, I don't know if that makes sense. It, it makes, it makes so much sense. And I've actually said that so many times to people that, you know, for me, in my case, being so introverted, it was like they showed me that I could connect without speaking. Yeah. You know, my whole life, it was always like, talk more, talk more. And then all of a sudden, these horses were like, you don't need to say anything. Actually, all of our communication is nonverbal. So it was very, very powerful for me. Oh, I can only imagine. Well, and mm -hmm. I can only imagine as someone who, the, yes, on that introverted side of the spectrum, um, that that would be incredibly cathartic, especially coming mm -hmm. from a school space where it was nonstop. Correct. Yeah, it really was. It really was. So, okay. So this was your personal experience. How did this become then the human animal Alliance? Tell us about that. Okay. Well, it's many, many years later now. Right. Yes. <laughs> but, um, you are a grown yeah. up. Let's be clear. Yes. About that. Yeah. I, yes. Um, so I actually, when I graduated college, I've been a founder twice over now, this is my yeah. second time, but, um, coming out of school, I fell into a recruiting career. Yeah. I did, um, you know, essentially professional matchmaking for, you know, companies yeah. and, and I loved it for a while. Um, I worked for a firm and then I started my own that I ran for eight years. And when I got to be like late thirties, I started feeling like I was just not aligned anymore. Um, there were a lot of things that I was, you know, struggling with, but I felt like in my gut, I just knew it was time for a change and kind of run its course. And I always knew at some point in my life, I would do something charitable that was related to animals. And I just thought, why am I not just doing it now? Like I'm, I had moved to Florida. I live in Wellington, Florida, which is, um, a huge equestrian community. There are a ton of animal lovers here. 
um, the big horse shows here all season, every winter. And I just felt like there's no better place to try this than like right. Wellington, Florida. Um, so yeah, I just a couple of years ago decided I'm launching this thing and we're going to do it. And it has been so amazing because, you know, like I said, not only do I have the network here um, to have gotten it off the ground, but I think everything that I learned from my time being a founder in the corporate world now has translated into, okay, well, I've done this before. So even though nonprofit is a whole different animal and it's a huge learning curve, I was not intimidated by that the second time around. Um, So yeah, I just uh, decided it was time and and the rest is history. Oh, I love that. And I just, there's a lot of power in really translating what you're really called to do into something Mm. that you get to do every day. Right. Yeah. It's, you know, it's funny when I was in recruiting, I had a great company. I had a team of five amazing women that worked for me. We were recruiting all over the country. I was getting called. I used to do radio and television whenever there was something in the news that was like related to hiring and they needed an expert to come talk about it. I'd written a book, like my career was going so well. And I was waking up like, why am I not feeling like as fired up about this as I should? Um, And that's why this work with the Human Animal Alliance is so great because even though it's a startup and I'm in a different place with it and we're growing, um, it just feels so much better. Like I really, I know that we're making an impact on people's lives in a way that I never could have in the previous career. Um, And it's just like, I don't know, it's just fulfilling on a whole different level. So it's, it means a lot to me. Yeah. Hey, and as someone who has been in the recruitment world, um, do you get a lot of satisfaction out uh, out of Mm -hmm. matching the right person up with the right job? You get to be the superhero, right? Everybody thinks you're amazing. There's something really great about that. Um, so, you know, no, no disrespect to anybody in that recruitment role. There's a lot of power there. Um, but when you get to match up, uh, what's deeply personal with, you know, and then spread, spread that, like you get to grow that. I can really, Mm -hmm. I can really, really appreciate that. And I really, I really identified with, you know, your mission that's got sort of three pillars in it, like bringing Mm -hmm. people together with their animals, keeping them together, um, Mm -hmm. and then really advocating for that special relationship. I think that's really lovely. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, it's uh, it's three. It's funny. It's like three buckets of what we do, but it all comes back to that human animal bond and just how do we promote and foster human animal connections is really what it's all about. It it totally is, and it's so interesting because so you're in Florida, I'm here in Calgary, Alberta, and our um, one of our social institutions just opened up a new woman's shelter here in the city. And Mm. one of the big pushes was actually to create spaces where people, women that are in need in trauma situations can bring their pets because women will stay in abusive Mm -hmm. relationships if they can't bring their dog or their cat or their bird or what, you know, whatever their pet is with them, they will stay. And, and so they just created a space for that. And to me, it just makes sense. And I can completely understand that. Um, mm-hmm. and, and I think, you know, as women and women in business, um, we really need, you know, we need that support. We need to be, you know, we need to collectively understand how we can support each other in so many different ways. So I, I really love that. 
Thank you. Yeah. And that's what you just said. It hits home for me. Um, we had an initiative last year, actually, where we put some money toward helping situations like that, um, yeah. particularly fostering animals for yeah. women who were survivors of domestic abuse and mm -hmm. just trying to sort out their lives. But um, it was really difficult, you know, with the animals, but the animals had to get out too. So yeah. um, that yeah. one really, um, it's, it tugs at my heartstrings every time. I just can't imagine because these awful people that are abusing them are abusing the animals too, 100%. in most cases. And it's just, it's horrifying. So hundred percent, yeah, hundred percent. And our, I think it just proves that a, the bond with our pets is so important and it's so critical mm -hmm. that we, we will stay and we will tolerate abuse that we should never because uh -huh. we can't take them with us. And I think, you know, that, um, that just shows the love we have for our pets. So I, I really appreciate that. Um, um, that's pretty cool. Um, so I think uh, what we're going to do next is we're going to talk about Jackie's leadership style. Um, because <laughs> as she said, she's built a couple different organizations. She's been doing this for a while. And I'm curious to know what that looks like from her. If you want to know what your leadership style is, you can actually take the same quiz Jackie did. You can check it out in the show notes. You can go to the website. It's highvoltageleadership.ca. There's an orange button at the top of the page that says, take the quiz. You can do it right now. It takes a couple minutes. It's fun. It's interesting. You're going to learn something about yourself. And I'm going to send you some of my top leadership tips so you can be a more effective and impactful leader right away. So Jackie, tell us, what is your leadership style? So I think it was directing now that I'm thinking about it. When we just mentioned the four, um, I'm pretty sure it was directing. Okay. And what does that mean for you? How, you know, how does that show up in the way you lead in your organization, but also in your life? Yeah. Um, so for me, I am kind of like a point and shoot type person. Like, um, I've gotten better about delegating over the years. I used to be a horrible delegate <laughs> like, <laughs> get to the point where it's like, you just know that you have to do it. Um, what works really well for me is like directing the team. I, I think I'm good with vision and being able to say, this is where we're supposed to go. And like directing them towards certain tasks and letting them take them to the 99 yard line or the 95 yard line. Okay. And then I like to take over at the very end and like put my stamp on it, bless it, make sure I feel really good about where we are and then like take it that final little piece. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. Okay. So, um, uh, elements of directing in there, but I, I hear actually, and this is, I mean, we use a situational leadership model and I think you illustrated it beautifully is that we need to show up differently in different situations, in different, you know, in different parts mm -hmm. of projects. So, you know, you talked about, you know, sometimes you're directing, you, you say, this is what I need and this is when I need it. And this is how I'd like it done. But then it mm -hmm. sounds like there's other times where you're actually, and you said, getting better at delegating, <laughs> right? And that's right. awesome. And and then bringing it back at the end, and, and so that you can make sure the finished product is really what you want. It you know, really meets the standards and the vision. And so I, I actually think that includes all of the things, you know, the delegating <laughs> and the supporting and the coaching like all of that stuff. So that's actually, that's a great example, Jackie. Yeah. I might be a hybrid of all of them. I don't know, <laughs> but um, yeah, I don't know. I've always been like a big believer 
and I think I've been good at this, just having like really cohesive, happy teams. And my teams have been small, you know, Mm. in recruiting, it was six of us. And then now it's three. Um, But everybody gets along. I do not tolerate, you know, catty stuff or personalities that don't match. Like people need to figure their stuff out. And, and it's, it just makes the whole function so much better when I think it feels like, like I always say, I, I want to feel like a friend, but a friend with really high standards. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Like that's how I expect people to be when they're on my team is like understanding things need to be done a certain way, but like, we're going to have a good time too. You know? Okay. So actually I really like that. And as someone who works with female founders on you know, really understanding who they are as a leader and and how they want to show up. And for some of us, I don't know if you had this experience for so many of my clients, they come from situations where they've had some pretty bad examples. Like they've Mm. had some pretty shitty leaders or watched some pretty shitty leaders. And so, you know, then you have to figure out, well, I know I don't want to be that, but what do I want to be? Like, what does it look like? And I actually love your description of a friend with really high standards. Like I want to be here for you. I want to connect with you. I want to have fun with you, but we have work to get done and it's got to be done well. Mm-hmm. So I, I actually think that's kind of a cool way to describe it. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> it is, it is true for me for sure. So I love it. So I ask all my guests this, like where, where have you made mistakes or missteps or screwed it up? And what have you learned from those things, Jackie? Oh gosh, so many things, <laughs> um, right? A lot of things we've done right, but we all make mistakes. So, 100%. you know, I think when I look back, when you're the leader, you're just forced to make so many decisions all the time. And a lot of it is just, you do the best you can with the information you have and you cross your fingers and you hope it works out, but you can't always control these things, right? So I think maybe... Like when we were dealing with vendors or providers outside the organization for different things, whether it was someone to build our website or help us with fundraising or whatever, um, I think in the beginning, I probably wasted some time and some money on people that were not the right fit on the outside. You know, it's like everybody when you're talking to them has the great sales pitch, right? But you don't Mm -hmm. really know until you're in the trenches working with someone like what it's going to look like. And so I've had a couple of those. And I think where I've gotten better over the years is if one of those, like in my gut, if I feel it's just not right, I will cut that cord much sooner um, than I used to rather than, you know, oh, let's just kind of see if this gets better. (laughs) Like let's work (laughs) through it. Um, it doesn't. It doesn't. Yeah, the <laughs> short the short answer to that is if it, if you're asking yourself, it will it get better? Or uh, the answer is probably no. Um. Right. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> well, and with this organization, I had to learn real quick because I'm self funding it. I'm I'm very like militant about all of our donations that we get from people are going directly to the mission. Mm. So I want people to know that every dollar they give us is you know getting turned around and helping a life. Um, so I am paying out of pocket for all of these expenses. And so it was sort of like, wow. okay, if I was invested in something that wasn't working, it hit that much harder. Um, <laughs> <Right>? <laughs> yeah. So anyway, so that's been a big one for me, for sure. And the lesson, I guess, was just like trusting your intuition and like not wasting time. Like when you know, you know, and just do something about it rather than kicking the can. 
Isn't that so interesting? Because I, you're right. I think a lot of that is the intuitive hits, right? Like mm-hmm. just really listening to your gut and being observant of some of the, maybe the red flags, you know, the things that pop up and you're like, mm, that doesn't feel good. Like that's not mm-hmm. working for me. And isn't it interesting? Cause I hear this from a lot of female entrepreneurs as they build teams is that, you know, I ignored it. And, and mm-hmm. I, I didn't think that it was right. And in the end, it like 99% of the time it is. Right. Yeah. yeah. It's like anything else. I always say, like, even with personal relationships, it's like, you know how you meet somebody and you're like, eh, something in my gut is telling me something's not quite right, but I can't put my finger on it. So I'm just going to go with this. And like, it always <laughs> comes back around to bite you, whether it's like a dating relationship or a friend or whatever. It's like, yeah that little voice always knows. And that is one thing, like no matter what area of my life, like I have just learned to never question that, just trust it because it has always been accurate for me, always. I agree wholeheartedly. Um, Any of the major mistakes in my life, including my first marriage. (laughs) Likewise. (laughs) Yeah, like for real. Uh, I've ignored, I've ignored what my gut was telling me. And, um, I, you know, I think as a female entrepreneur, we have got to have confidence. We've got to listen. We've got to Mm -hmm. pause. Like, I think that voice, I don't know about you, Jackie, but for me, I can hear that voice better when I get quiet. Mm -hmm. Does that? Definitely. Yeah. And as someone who's an extrovert and talks a lot, you know, I, I actually have to be really intentional about getting quiet. Right. Well, I get that. Yeah. And it's funny. Like, so I'm maybe being quiet comes more naturally to me, but I think when we're so busy all the time and there is so much going on and we all are, it's like, it is hard to find that inner voice sometimes, or you hear it and then you're like, you know what? No, I'm pushing it aside because I just need to solve this problem now. And like it's a hundred miles an hour forward. And so that's another thing is like, sometimes the noise is external, like all the stuff that you're dealing with. And so it's, just easier to say, okay, I'm like moving on to the next thing instead of, oh, I got to slow down here and really sort this out. You know what? I I think you're absolutely right. Especially as we're really, I think about for so many of my clients, they're often in a real, they're in an inflection point. They're in a real growth mode and there's so many things happening all at the same time. And that that does get pretty loud. Um, Mm. So I, I think that that's a beautiful point, Jackie, that you just made. Um, thank you. I I'm really grateful to have you on the podcast today. This has been a really beautiful conversation. Um, you have a lovely story and I really appreciate the the way you shared it with us today. Thank you. I appreciate the opportunity. Really. It means a lot. So thank you. Well, thank you so much for tuning in today. I sure hope you enjoyed listening as much as I did hosting this conversation. And if you did enjoy today's episode, would you do me a favor? Would you give the episode a five-star review and share it with all of your friends? I would really appreciate that. I've got a goal to impact a thousand female founders. And with your help, we can really amplify this message. Thanks again for being a part of the show. And don't forget to connect with me and all of my guests on Instagram at High Volt Leadership. We'll see you next Friday. Thank you.